There is nothing better than somebody singing your praises unsolicited. Word of mouth, there's nothing like it. That's how I got to my next guest, Johnny Gillespie. My dear friend, I call her Sissy Sue, Susan Sandler, said, Sandy, Johnny Gillespie is a genius. He saved my life. What he did for me mentally and physically, you have to have him on your show and you have to go see him. Now, here's the deal. The crazy part is that we've both been in the same industry for so long and know so many of the same people. I cannot believe our paths did not cross. I love everything about him. And if it's at all possible for you to visit him, do a class or do a one-on-one, trust me, you're going to want to do it. <laughs> Throughout the whole conversation, is like, I don't know, Sandy, you know this, you know this. And I'm thinking, well, it's not about me. It's about my listeners. And a lot of things, you know, I didn't know. I don't want to spoil it for you. So I can't wait for you to hear some of the little tips that are so huge and will make a big impact in your life. And they're just simple little things you can do every day. I was looking at his website and one of the programs he created called Balanced Athlete. It already makes me want to jump for joy. Think about it. Balanced Athlete. And we're all athletes. And look what they say about it. It's a functional fitness program that teaches people how to mindfully move their bodies in a safe and more integrated manner. It is beneficial to everyone and everybody. Balanced athlete is the answer for the young, the middle aged, and seniors who want to move better, feel better, and look better. Who doesn't want that? All right. Have fun. I'm so grateful for you. You know I am. I love that you're here listening. I just ask you share it with someone that you know will benefit. And there's going to be a lot of people. And also subscribe, like, rate, support. I love you guys. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. Ugh, I'm so excited about I know I get excited about all my guests, but I'm really super, super excited about Johnny Gillespie because one of my favorite peeps, I now call her Sissy Sue, shout out to Sue Sanders. She's been telling me about Johnny Gillespie. He saved her life. Amen, Johnny. But I was like, okay. She's like, oh my goodness, I wish, I wish you could have seen Johnny on his TEDx. I said, is TEDx? Where do I get that? She's like, well, I'm not sure you can. It's like top secret. And I got to ask him about that. Johnny, are you there, baby? Yeah, I'm here, Sandy. And I'm equally <laughs> excited to be talking to you after hearing your name for my entire career. <laughs> Which shows my age, but <laughs> it shows It shows cares. mine a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. All right, but before we start chatting, let me just tell you a little bit about Johnny. For the last quarter of a century, Johnny has worked professionally in fields of personal training, 
strength and conditioning for athletes and yoga and meditation. All three of those? All four, actually all four. Four, let me see. Yeah, 26 years. Personal training, strength and conditioning for athletes, yoga and meditation. Now, I want you to say, say this yourself because I think it's magnificent about your, your teaching perspective. It's a glimpse into the future of human potential. I freaking love that. Yeah. And I feel like after 25 years um, of dedicating my life, I can say that. Yeah. It, it's incredible. All right. Before we dive into more of that, I always ask my guest, give me one word that best describes whatever it is, your past 30 days and why. You know what? The, the, the word that just, again, first knee-jerk reaction, uh, just awake, just awakening. Okay. Tell me why. I mean, I would expect that from you, but tell me why a little more. Because I would say over the last year and a half with COVID and the shutdown and everything, I've been challenged like most people in this world have been challenged. Uh, but as a small business owner, I've been challenged with bankruptcy. I've been challenged with a major lawsuit. Oof. And yeah, yeah. And I'm coming out of it and I'm coming out of it. And I feel like I'm kind of, I'm awakening uh, to grace uh, and I'm awakening to the fact that if you, um, that things have a way of working their way out and the universe is conspiring to uh, help all of us, you know, find our way out. I'm so, I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, it's a very kind of awakening experience. And you know what, Johnny, I was just talking to one of my other guests about it. I don't care how many times you you recreate yourself or think, you know, I think I I finally am enlightened and I know how to handle things. When shit hits the fan, every mm. one of us has to go deeper. And I think for me, when I when that happens, you know, you do connect more spiritually. I don't know about you. Absolutely. There's, there's no question. And the other thing is, Sandy, why is the shit always headed toward the fan? <laughs> like what? Like what's the deal with that one? It's always headed toward the fan. You know what? <laughs> that reminds me of my mother telling my brother, don't pee against the wind. You know what I mean? Mm, it's mm. like, okay. All right. right. We're outside. You know, don't pee right. against the wind. Okay. Yeah. We're getting off here. Try. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I always, somebody said to me, well, you should have this down. Like you said, listen, I'm the yoga person. And I'm like, where is that mic? Where, whatever. Yeah. I said, the day that I've arrived, I'm dead and going to my next life. I mean, it's just constantly, I'm here, now where? I'm here, now where? I'm here. Right. Oh, it's exciting. Now, what's the next journey? I don't know if you feel, but that, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. All right. So talk to me a little bit about what you just said going on in the last year and a half. That must be challenging for you to have to face that, like you said, a lawsuit when you help so many people. And I just know from everyone I've heard about, not just Sissy Sue, how much you care about your clients, like how much yeah. you truly want to heal them. That must be, I don't know about you, but it must be, it would be devastating to me. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we you know, I mean, as you know, cause you've been in the industry longer than I have been, you know, it, it's like in any industry, you know, kind of fads come up, things go down, you know, you could be running an incredible club or an incredible studio, incredible business. And the next thing you know, it's something happens and all of a sudden it changes and it changes overnight. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I had two, two, three months before the pandemic, 
I had three studios where they were, we were doing predominantly yoga uh, and then also this program that I've created called Balanced Athlete. And um, the one studio was down in Newark, Delaware. It was doing, it was doing fine, but it required, it required another huge investment to keep it going beyond 16 years. So I decided to close that down. And then the other one I decided to close down because it was doing terrible because, you know, um, somebody came into, people came into the marketplace, cut up the market. And all yeah. of a sudden, our business went to trash. And I know you have a lot of experience with that. So I still had time left on the lease. So I closed the place down. All of this two months previous to COVID. Previous to COVID. So when COVID hit, everybody's like, "How did you know that this was coming?" Yeah. I'm like I didn't. <laughs> I, we had a, our business. Our business was going in the wrong direction. Yeah. You know, and then and then and then you know, and then like all small business owners, you know, during COVID. You know, it was incredibly challenging to try to keep our existing one studio that we had left open. Um, And, you know, without the PPP money and the other things, there's no way in hell we would have been able to stay open. And there were so many things I, like you, like a lot of the people listening, had to learn how to live life differently, you know. But for me, I always have to learn the hard way. So first, I got to bang my head against the wall like a hundred times and be a, <laughs> and be a bloody. Why is that? A, I know yeah, I'm the same and, way. You know, and be a bloody mess before I go. Okay, I've got to change. <laughs> so, you know, and 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 the thing is, is I like you got into this business because I love to help people. I like to make yeah. a difference. I never got into this business to become a very wealthy man. Uh, I'm not a wealthy man. Uh, so when the COVID hit and all that stuff happened, it was. There was definitely a little bit of like, you know, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, why am I yeah. doing this? Yeah. And and, yeah. and it just, and it wind up just making me go even deeper. It's like, because I do this because I'm trying to help people. That's why yeah. you do this. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like kind of shut up, stand back up, you know, brush yourself off and let's just, and, 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 and let's just keep trying to figure out how we're going to get through this. You know, Johnny, just because so many people may not know that what he's referring to is I owned health clubs and had mm-hmm. a bunch of them uh, called Western Fitness. And so I've been in the industry probably since 1985 and my first health club, 1993. But you're not going to believe this, Donnie. I don't know if you knew this, but my major health club down in Center City at 19th and Market, the landlord, a new landlord came in and really wanted me out because I was paying like $7.50 a square foot mm-hmm. for prime real estate, 27,000 square feet. And he's like, are you kidding me? But I had a right. 20 year lease, right? And he's like, uh, I go, I got four more years, dude. I'm not going anywhere, yeah. right? Right. But he kept pushing and doing all these things to make it really, really difficult, like saying noise violation. I'm like, noise violation? I've never yep. been a yoga studio. <laughs> like, right. Even dropping weights for 16 years. But push come to shove, me and my partner talked, and we ended up getting offered some money, which I thought was decent to get out and it would have been like two and a half years, you know, before it would have been up, but they're not going to renew the lease anyhow. And if I stayed in court, yeah, I'd win, but I also be broke. You know what I'm saying? I'd be broke. So I did. We, I sold the health clubs to them in 2019 and everyone said the same thing. How did yeah. you know? I go, God knew the universe knew I didn't right. know. I mean, it right. was a blessing in disguise. And then my other wellness business, I knew I wanted to take another direction and I sold that to my business partner, David, to take a leap of faith. But it's the same thing. Afterwards, Johnny, I was like, who am I? Where right. am I going? Like, I took a year, thank God, able traveling and soul searches. Like, I'm not walking in the door and I'm not Sandy Weston. And then I'm like, 
oh, so it's your ego? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that why you're like, who? Nobody knows me now. Like Sandy yeah. Weston, I'm not going in and going, yay, Sandy's here. And I'll tell you what, it's still challenging for me, you know, two years later. I, I have a rough time with it sometimes. And it's, and it's probably what like a lot of, and I know you've worked with, a, a, you know, a lot of pro athletes. It's what the pro athletes go through when they retire, mm-hmm. because they all of a sudden they're, not, they're you know they're they're not the pro athlete anymore. They're retired, and they yeah. and their their identity has been derived from that since they were you know a little kid. That was their yep. sport, and then they were the best, and they were the best, and then they were a pro, and now all of a sudden it's done. And so you know, and it give, it gives us a chance to shed our shell and to recreate ourselves and to yeah. kind of dig dig deeper. I know. And it's, you. I thought like it wouldn't bother me so much, but it was really, I mean, I'm a lot better because like you said, I went deep. I had a lot of things helping. I did a lot soldier and I did the same thing as you. Why mm-hmm. am I doing this? What is my mission? What is it I want to put out in the world? And it just, it, I kept going there. And I'm like, Sandy, if you keep going there, the universe will give it to you. Maybe not in the way you ask, but it's got to come, you know, in a different way. So let's talk about, because I want to get this back to you. Tell me, can you tell me at all, I want to circle back to what I mentioned at the beginning, the TEDx talk, or, or we're not allowed to talk about that? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, did, a, I did a TEDx talk on April 11, 2019, and, um, and it was called- I can't find uh, it. Yeah, you will never find it, because it will never, it, oh. won't, it won't air. And the reason why it won't air, uh, I never got an answer from TED headquarters, um, cause you know, they're a billion dollar company now and they could just kind of, they don't have to answer people. The, the name of the talk was, uh, move out of pain and, uh, defining, uh, functional movement. And so my wife was there. I had a lot of people there. It was a packed house down in Wilmington, Delaware at the salt house. And mm. I was told, and I was told that it was absolutely amazing. But I don't really remember it all that much because I don't really feel like it was me on stage. I feel like it was God in drag, and yeah, yeah, I was, del- yeah. and I, was <laughs> I was I was I was I was delivering a message, and the message was was you know was based around uh, a skit or a thing I've been doing for years, uh, which starts off with explaining movement from this perspective of a baby. And then, and I get on stage and I crawl around and I do all of this stuff and it's hilarious. It really is. And then I go into genetics because movement is very genetic. And then I go into learn, learn behavior because the human brain and body is very malleable and it conforms to positions and movements. And I do different things with my body explaining like football players and hockey players. Uh, I explain what sitting in a chair improperly does to the body, what breathing improperly does. And then I go into the fourth aspect, which is trauma, and I go into the fifth aspect, which is aging. And uh, and I and I had the whole the whole crowd. I had people take their shoes off. I had people standing up. I had people reaching their arms over their head. And so the promoter, it was this, it was it was his last. Te- I was the, I was the last talk of his seven year run of Wilmington TEDx. And he came up to me afterwards and he said, I have saved the best for last. And, oh. um, and it was amazing. And it was an electrifying event. And, I ne- and it was one of the most disappointing things in my entire life when two, three months later, um, I just realized, you know, that the talk was never going to air. 
And, um, and I don't know whether it was because I had people take their shoes off. I don't know why what I'm talking about is not, you know, is it, is it, is it pseudoscience? It's not medically based. Yeah, but there's been a lot of TEDx's not like that. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so, but, you know, it's kind of like the whole, like, you know, knock me down, but you won't keep me down. So yeah, whether I, yeah. I do, I do it, I do, I've done, and I will, I continue to do the talk. Uh, I, I do it at corporations. Uh, I've done it at national conferences. Oh, um, good. And I, and I continue to do the talk. But the whole idea of, you know, doing it like a TED talk was pretty, pretty amazing. So, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like one of those things. But it just reminds me, you know, that, you know, when, 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 you, when you can see the future and you can kind of understand where science is moving, then, you know, you're going to say things that are going to be ridiculed and then they're going to be contemplated and then they're going to mm -hmm. be accepted as truth. You know, so I'm still, and I've been in the ridicule phase for, you know, I think my first national presentation through the, at the National Strength and Conditioning in Las Vegas was 2005, and I had 200 strength coaches taking their shoes off. And I will oh. never forget, you know, watching these strength coaches look at me like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And now... You know, when I when I, the last mm -hmm. time I lectured at the NSA conference before, I've lectured every year since personal training and the national conference. And now, you know, all the coaches are all making their, you know, they're all doing yeah. things with the yeah. shoes off. You know, it's like so. You know, whether it's that or you know whether it's the connection between the brain and the body or the brain and movement. Um, what you know, and I've been talking about that stuff for 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 twenty years. Yeah. But yeah. until there's until there's medically based research, because, you know, we live in the age of doubting Thomas, you know, for, yeah. you know, it's like we live in, you know, and unless it's medically proven, it's bullshit or mm -hmm. it's hocus pocus or, you know, so, you know, I'm not a researcher. I don't have a Ph.D., but I, like you, have been in the trenches for 20, 26 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, man. And so so I, I, I know what I'm pointing at yeah. is the future. I know what I'm pointing at is the future. So I don't, you know, and, and it's been great, especially with the advances in neuroscience, um, you know, to, 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 because they're starting to actually say, you know, wait a second, this whole meditation thing, you know, there's more to this than just sitting there contemplating your navel. You know, there's something more to this when it comes to the brain, right? When it comes to our, our fitness, you know, when it, you know, it, it's like, so, I mean, you know that. I know, but I'm so glad you're saying all this. I'm so glad. They need to hear this. They need to hear this. And I love that. And I love also that, I mean, Johnny and I have never spoke. We've probably heard about each other, but we have never spoke. But we have so many paths. It's, it's just weird we never crossed. And our belief system is so same. And it's the same thing as like when you're talking about you don't have your PhD and you don't have the science behind it, I've been there and I understand the frustration because I used to be, okay, okay. Like I know this from working with my clients. I know this from every ounce of my being, but I'll have to get the powers to be behind me in order right. for it to work. You know what I mean? Like, right. and just so you know, I don't remember where, what book, it was something about running barefoot, but I got a hold of this book and I'm going blank on the name. And actually uh, one of my podiatrist friends gave it to me. And this was years ago. And born I don't run. know if you know this, but I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was born to run. Christopher McDougall. 
Thank you. you. Guys, it's a great book. I was known, I teach barefoot, or even aerobics, and except for mm. spin. I've been teaching barefoot, aerobics, kettlebell. Everyone be like, oh my God. And the thing is my feet, and I'm not just saying it, they're really, really, really ugly. Like we're talking, mm. like people can't figure out, because I was a dancer. So I'm flat foot. I have bunions and hammer toes. And we're talking bunions like it's a whole nother foot. And my podiatrist friend, Dr. Lee Cohen. Lee Cohen is podiatrist for the Sixers. And uh, he, they just laugh because he's like, how are you walking? And like, how mm. are you not crippled? And you should get up. I go, because I teach barefoot. I swear to God, it saved my life. Saved my life. I, I mean, and I'm looking at wear shoes less. This is one of Johnny's things. 7,000 nerve endings in each of your feet need to be preserved and appreciated. So do you have your clients go barefoot all the time? Yeah, I mean, I would say what happened to me, Sandy, was so I spent the first five years of my career in a private training studio, actually uh, owned by Ernie Deladon, who's the father of the, the basketball icon, Elena Deladon. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and so I worked in this private studio from 1995 to 2000 as a personal trainer and a strength and conditioning specialist. So what happened was around the year 2000, I winded up, I winded up walking into a yoga class because I was tired of living with pain in my body. And I had tried chiropractic and acupuncture and, 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 and massage and physical therapy and you name it, I tried it. So I went to that class down in Philly and I took a hot yoga class and I freaking hated it. And that's an understatement how much I hated it. Because I was a hockey player. I was a bodybuilder. I mean, I was just like, what is this shit? And, and so what happened was, you know, and that's a long story. But the next day I woke up and my back didn't hurt. And so I had enough of a background in exercise science that I knew that there was more to yoga than just stretching. And... And then when I woke up the next day, my back didn't hurt and I was single and there was cute girls in the room. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go back again. So I went back again. And when I went back again, I was a tiny, tiny, tiny bit better. And so when I left that next day and I was driving home, I just said to myself, what you're doing is not working. Then maybe, maybe this, maybe, maybe, maybe this could wind up helping me move out of pain. Hence my Ted talk, you know, move yeah. out of pain. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, and, 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 and so I immediately went from zero to Oprah in like three seconds. You know, I was like, I started reading <laughs> yoga books. I started going to different studios. I started checking out all this different stuff. And, 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 and so, and then I was like barefoot. I'm like Johnny barefoot. I'm like, I'm just barefoot all the time. I'm not even going to wear yeah. shoes because yeah. my feet were horrible. My feet yeah. were so bad. My toes wouldn't open up. You know, I had like the yeah. beginning of bunions in my right foot. I, mean, I just had my feet were horrible. And then so what happened was, uh, yeah, so now owning a yoga studio and everything I do with Bounced Athlete, everything's done barefoot. But, you know, when I'm, when you know, there's, I mean, I don't like walk around barefoot outside. I love my shoes. I love my dress shoes. But I'm barefoot mostly every day because that's what I do for a living. I love that. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear it. By the way, I've had a lot of guests on about the body and nobody has spoken about being barefoot and how important it is. Sandy, as medicine is catching up and exercise science 
it will go down as one of the biggest blind spots in human movement. And I, and I, I can easily explain why. Explain, explain. Okay. So if, if you ask any medical doctor, if you, look at, if you look at the evolution of hominoids, which we are hominoids, we're homo sapiens, it's about six to eight million years. We've been only really walking upright for, if we look at that period of evolution as being like a 52-week period, we've yeah. only really been walking upright bipedal for about maybe eight to 10 weeks, right? The human body is simply not designed to be standing upright. Now, this is not to insinuate that we should be all walking around on all fours. <laughs> but what it is, what it, it what it does start to point to is that when a hu the human structure is standing upright, its foundation is basically the size of your foot. Right now, when we look at other creatures on the planet, four-legged creatures, other primates that predominantly walk on all fours, they are not nearly as high up off the ground, and they have a much longer, bigger base from their hind legs to their front legs. A human being's base of support is basically, for me, a size 10. And that is my base of support, and I'm six foot tall. So basically, 100, 175 pounds of my body has to rest and function and align and move from a size 10 on the ground. Never thought of it. Right, and then when you start really looking at the human foot, and you start looking at 7,000 nerve endings in each foot, that all have five, five major roles that are communicating up into your brain, basically how your body is aligning with the earth and how it's moving in space and gravity. And I can tell you, Sandy, that, that like when I, when I look at somebody's foot, I can tell a lot about what's going on all the way up to their neck. Now, last other little part that's, that's fascinating, I find fascinating, is that so the human big toe, is has a special region in the brain that exists only to communicate with the big toe. Now the other eight toes do not have that real estate, but the big toe has special real estate in the brain. And then when you start getting into this stuff and you really start kind of visualizing it and understanding it, then you then you start really beginning to understand the Herculean nature that the human foot is responsible for when it comes to being able to stand up and to move around. And one of the things that I did in my TED talk, which was, you know, one of the big, so in the beginning, you know, it's like we put shoes on our kids, they take them off. We put shoes on our kids, they take, every parent starts giggling and laughing when I do this skit about the shoes, because oh, yeah. as, human, as human beings, we all resist wearing shoes oh, God. until we so give true. up. And then we put them on. And then when we look at the elder, as we get older, then, then the, the nerve endings in the foot are going to require about twice the amount of stimulation right, to be able to access those nerve endings up to the brain. So then we start understanding why human beings fall as they get older. Because really, what is balancing, Sandy? Balancing is having very good communication between those 7,000 nerve endings in each foot back up to your brain. And when you don't have really good communication, which gets masked from wearing socks and shoes all the time, yeah, and yeah. really cushy shoes, then those nerve endings don't work. And then the human being becomes much more susceptible to falls in older age. But I can tell you, a lot of injuries and sports injuries, it's the problems of the foot. 
I don't care. I don't care whether they're what they're injuring. The problem's coming from their foot. So. First of all, I just love you. I mean, oh, how have I not met you? You, I, I love you. I love the way you describe things. I love the way you present it. It's just amazing. I have to come watch one of your talks or see it on YouTube, the whole thing. But all right. <laughs> so I have questions. I have so many questions and I'm trying to think, where am I going to go? Because I could spend hours talking to you. All right. So let's go back to the feet. Specific question. So do you think maybe... My problems in my neck is not from falling off my mountain bike 85,000 times on the left side, but it's coming from my feet. Because <laughs> if you saw them, they're, they're really bad. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's like, it's it's not to say like I have, I, I you know, I have plenty of injuries throughout my body from, from sport, uh, from sports. And those areas of my body have definitely been damaged from, you know, falling, uh, and, uh, but so a lot of everything that I wind up doing when I'm working with people is we start with working from the ground up. So we start uh, working okay. with their feet and then we start working on, can we get your feet to work with your ankles and your shins and your knees and your hips and your spine? So in exercise science, this is what's, as you know, this is what's called ground force transfer. So in the NFL, ground force transfer is tested on vertical leap. So it's like, but I don't play in the NFL. Does ground force transfer really make matter to me? And the answer is absolutely. When you understand that gravity is a force that's continually pulling you down and forward to the earth, then, then and you look at the human foot and the human structure, and you begin to kind of understand that to be able to come upright against that field of gravity then you have to start using what's touching the ground first. So to me, any training that's working on rehabilitation or working on athletic performance or that's working on you know aging with grace and dignity, it needs to be done from the ground up. And it's not that we're not going to work with injuries in your neck, yeah. but we have to keep working on what's touching the ground and can we keep working on developing that neurological flow Right, that ground force transfer coming from the ground up so we can better organize the structure so it moves in a more cohesive and fluid fashion yeah. with gravity versus breaking down. You know what? You must, when, when a client works in and you look at them, you must get so excited because you probably go, oh my God, I know what I'm going to do right away. And you must just get so thrilled you know, with people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have a whole, I have a whole system. It's called the seven series. And, and each series is about 10 movements that's working on helping the client or the student or the athlete better understand how to create, you know, basically better. We could call it functionality. We could call it athleticism. Yeah. We could call it yeah. pain free. We can call it fitness, but just better efficiency, better optimization throughout their structure, get everything working together. So yeah, I get, I get, I mean, 26 years into this, I get, I get super excited to go to work every day. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Like, I, I just, I, I don't even know where you're located, but I just want to come in. So you can look at me and you'll be like, you're one that. hot mess, Weston. <laughs> you're one hot mess. <laughs> Sissy Sue said to me, are you ever worried about the way you walk? <laughs> 
I'm like, ah, yeah. Anyhow, but I'm like you, Johnny, in a different way. Like, I have to, like, literally bang my head against the wall a million times and go, okay. You know what, Sandy? It's like, why, why, do we, why do we have to learn that way? Most human beings, it seems like that's the case. We need to learn the hard way. <laughs> I don't know. I remember I went recently mountain biking with one of my friends, and he goes, you know, you bike like your life. Do you realize there was uphills both ways? <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? She's, she's like, it doesn't have to be that hard. Um, anyhow. Okay. So let's get back to this. I want to know what I should do with my big toe because I just threw off my shoes and you said about the, you know, the big toe communicating right to my brain. So do I need to massage it, talk to it, rub it, you know, what else? Get a little ointment, CBD oil. What, what do we need to do here? You can, you can, you can do things like that. I mean, you can even take your hands and start to just put your fingers in between your toes, and just yeah. starting to try to just kind of spread your toes open, and just starting to work on getting the bones. See, because you have twenty-six bones in each foot, and you have thirty-three joints in each foot, and those joints are supposed to—they're like any other joint in your body. They're supposed to be able to move. So, mm -hmm. if you put your fingers in between your toes, and you start trying to pull your toes apart using your fingers, and then just even doing ankle circles—I'm doing it right now as I'm talking—and yeah. just yeah. kind of starting to move the ankles around. And, 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 you know, that's one of, and there's so much stuff that you can wind up doing for your feet. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I think it's never too late to, it's never too late. I mean, this is your life, Sandy. It's never yeah. too late. You know, yeah. you're never too overweight. You're never too out of shape. You're never too far gone to get started. With I, Sandy agree. Weston, I agree. Right? Yeah. You can always get started. <laughs> right. It's like, it's not, you know, it's not paralysis by analysis. You can, you can get started. You can do you it. You know what? I have to admit, I'm going to come clean here. I am like the stubborn athlete that likes to do the big picture stuff. Do you know what I mean? Lift heavy, yeah. ride hard. Yeah. But then you yeah. go in, like, cause I did, I broke my fifth metatarsal a couple years ago. And I'm like, you want me to what? Do an ankle circle? Oh my God. God, you just shoot me now. Like, and yet right. I used to do that for people with athletes. But when it yeah. came to me, I'm like, oh my God, I understand why I had to try to really get them, you know, to do their post rehab because they didn't want to be doing it. But it was so helpful. It was so helpful when I did it. It's, it's, you know what it is, Sandy? I find this, and I, I again, I, I didn't have a choice when I started practicing yoga because I started experiencing pain my senior year in college. And then, I, and then I'm working 40, 50 hours a week as a personal trainer and strength coach. And over that five-year period, my body is slowly having more and more pain. And I always like to tell people, but I looked good. I mean, I had a six-pack. I was built. I looked great. I could run a 5K in under 18, uh, 17 minutes. You know, I could play ice hockey. I mean, I was strong as an ox. But, but it was like I got forced into being intelligent. Because yoga, at least the way that I teach yoga, intelligent. right? You know, like things like yoga and Pilates, and um, you know, any of these techniques that are requiring our intellect, right? So that's the thing with me. It's like everything that I teach these days is based in meditation, and it's based in me helping you understand your intellect, right? So it's kind of, but at the same time, Sandy. You know, twice a week, you know, I'm still deadlifting, you know, 250 pounds. I'm still back squatting almost yeah, 300 yeah, pounds. Yeah. I'm still lifting heavy weight, 
But yeah. I took off. I stopped doing all of that stuff for a decade. So yeah. after that yoga, yeah. after that yoga class, I basically became like a yoga zealot for like ten years, and uh, and I didn't do a whole lot of fitness, even though yeah. I owned a fitness company and I was and I had personal trainers working for me and I owned gyms, but I didn't do a lot of fitness. I basically derived all of my fitness from doing yoga like five days a week. Yeah. And then after about 10 years, I kind of started to wake up to the fact that my cardio sucked and I was starting to get older and I just wasn't, I, I, I didn't look the way I wanted to look and I wasn't as strong. So then I went back in and I started actually going back into the gym and I started doing all the things again that I, you know, was doing before. But what I started realizing that that wasn't the reason why I was in pain, why I was in pain and why I got forced to go to that yoga class was because it was how I was doing everything. Yeah. So I made the colossal mistake that the reason why I'm in pain is because of this activity. And it wasn't the activity. It was how I was doing the activity that was the problem. Oh, my gosh. Th this is incredible, Johnny. And I'm so glad that my listeners are getting to hear all this. They're going to want to share this and re-listen and re-listen and re-listen because we all need these reminders. And hence how you brought it back in. And I love the name Balanced athlete, you know, I mean, because what you're describing and what you do, it's not like I only just do yoga or I only do this or I only meditate. I lift heavy too. I, I love it. So the balance athlete, you said that, is that the seven series system or is that something different? Yeah. So I created the term balanced athlete. I haven't done a lot of, I'm not very good. I'm, I'm my, my, actually my 14 and 15 year old kids are going to start helping me with Instagram and all that stuff. Cause it, I don't have a lot of stuff that's out there. Um, you know, you can go to balanceathlete.com. There's a page on our website. But I started using that name in 2005 at my first NSCA lecture. And it was basically me helping strength coaches understand the intersection between yoga and functionality gotcha. and strength and conditioning. So I came up with the term balanced athlete because I started realizing that through practicing yoga, you know, you do the right, you do the left, you do the right, you do the left, you do the right, you do the left. And then I had no idea that the right and left sides of my body were so different because I didn't really necessarily tap into that in traditional fitness back in the 90s, you know, in traditional strength and conditioning. Oh, absolutely. I didn't really, I didn't really understand how asymmetrical my structure actually was. So I started catching on to it and I just came up with the term balanced athlete. So, and, and, and really what that is, is it's, it's everything that I teach, you know, so I pull okay. all different okay. kinds of movements. Yeah. So basically, you know, it's, it's teaching people how to create better balance between the right and left sides of their body. The seven series is seven kind of almost like sessions. I'll take somebody through that helps gotcha. them better understand how their body is designed to function, right? And a lot of times I work, I, you know, I'm working a lot with people who are in pain, mm. but they're not like, you know, like people that are schleps. I mean, a lot of golfers, <laughs> I, work, I work with a lot of, a lot of, and I do work with some schleps too, you know I mean? But, you know, you just gotta love people, the schleps, you gotta love yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's like, you know, I, you know, I'm like, I'm like you, you know, I've worked, you know, I work with pro athletes, you know, I work with 70 year old people, you know, I work with, you know, I work with like high school kids. It's like, yeah. you know, they all, it's like Nike says, Sandy, if you got a body, you're an athlete. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Nike said that. 
Yeah, if you got a body, and then I add on. It's like, if you got a mind, if you got a body, if you got a mind, you're an athlete. So you know, Sandy, you work with, you work, you know, you work with a, you, you know, you work with a pro athlete, and then you work with somebody who's, you know, not a pro athlete. And how are you going to train them? Is it really all that much different? I mean, it's tapered down. No, it's not. I mean, what do you, you know, you're going to push, you're going to pull with the upper body, you're going to lunge, you're going to squat, you're going to hinge. You know, you're going to work on the same fundamental movement patterns. They're just going to be maybe a little bit, maybe maybe the pro athlete is able to lift a little more. Maybe they're a little bit more explosive. They're going to be able to kind of, to, they're going to be able to shift. But it's the same thing. It's the Absolutely. same movement pattern. So, you know, it's like, so the whole thing, you know, and I'm constantly trying to wrap people's mind around that. It's like, oh, balanced athlete. I'm not an athlete. I'm like, you got a body? You got a mind? <laughs> It's like you're the same damn thing, right? You know, you got feet, you got feet, I got to work your feet. You got legs, I got to work your legs. You got hips. It's like, can we get it all working better together? I love it. I love it. And you know what? I do, maybe there's some people that say I'm not an athlete, but I bet there's other people that love being referred to as an athlete, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'll always, and and there's a big backstory behind how I came to that conclusion. Because I think... I think in an essence, it's, it's not really about, you know, it's about confidence. And when, when, I, when I started doing balanced athlete trainings in 2014, I would start saying, like, how many people here consider themselves an athlete? And you'd see the hands go up with confidence. And then yeah. I'm like, yeah. and then you look around at the other group of people that put their hands up and their chins are dropped and they don't have confidence. And then by the end of the weekend, I'm like, how many of you guys consider yourself an athlete? And everybody's hand goes up. I'm like, there you go. That's the deal, you know, because it's like, it, it, it it's a com- it's a confidence thing. It's a com it's 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 and as you know, it's like With everything. You know, right, confidence is everything. Believing in yourself is everything. I was just having this. My son is 18, and he was talking about how to get invited to a party. Totally different thing. And he goes, Mom, I watched some of the other kids, and what they're saying. I, I can't believe it, but it's like you said, Mom. They have confidence. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not that they're any different than me. They just have confidence. And he also said this, and this is a big thing: they're okay with failing. Like they're okay yeah. not getting invited. They're okay that it didn't happen now. And I think that's a big thing with our bodies too. You know, having yeah. confidence that it's okay. You don't get that, or you can't do that right away. All right. It, it, that's a big part of it. I think it's what keeps a lot of people out of out of the game. It's what, it, what it's what keeps a lot of people on the fence. I think the majority of the world is living on the fence. You know, yeah. it's like it's yeah. like yeah, I'm on the fence about that. I'm like you've been on the fence about that for ten years. Get off the fence. <laughs> you know, it's like come on, make a decision. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, I had this dude on. I can't wait for it to come out. He had a totally different perspective, Johnny, but you would enjoy him. Shout out to mm-hmm. Eric in Australia. And he wrote this book, Swipe Right on Life. And he is really, I mean, he loves life. He, he does all these crazy things, traveled all over the world, but he truly believes that every day he reminds himself of his immortality. And that helps him 
to carpe diem and seize the day and do things now. I, he goes to each and a website that he referred to me to. And I said, Eric, that's just not happening, where he plugs in an estimate of how many, you know, not that he's going to live another 50 years because he's probably 60, but like, and he reminds himself how many weeks he's got left. And I said, I've never heard that perspective, but I do mm. understand that, hey, I'm never going to get this moment back. You know what mm. I mean? Like, you know, if I don't do that, if I don't call that person, I, everybody says, oh, you know, you have to hear no to hear yes. But I swear to God, Johnny, something clicks in my head going, you know, if I don't do it today, that moment's never coming back to me. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I, gosh, I, we could have a whole interview. We could have a whole discussion just on that, you know? Yeah. Because so yeah. many, so, I mean, you know, that, that, that's something that, that, that woke me up. I, I started studying Buddhism uh, in 2005. And, um, ah. you know, and, and, and for the, and for the listeners out there, it's like, you know, it's, it's Buddhism as a philosophy. You know, you can be a good, you can, you can study Buddhism and it's going to make you a better Christian. It's going to make you a better yeah, atheist. Yeah, I, I, it's going to make you, it's going to just make you a better human being. And so when I started studying Buddhism, that's a major thread in Buddhism. It's just kind of really reminding yourself, right, that, 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 that you're going to die and that everybody that you love is going to die. And. For a lot of people, that's kind of like, man, that's morbid. It's like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. It wakes yeah. you up. It makes yeah. you love. It makes you love more than you've ever loved before. It makes you let things go in such yeah. a freeing yeah. way. And it just wakes, it just wakes back to my thing. It wakes you up. It wakes yeah. you up. Life is precious. Yeah. It's impermanent, right? We have an incredible capacity to put out energy that can be you know that that can that can be healing, or, or it can be harmful, right? And, and there's just so much more to it than just being like, "Oh my God, that's so morbid." Yeah, I agree. It's a whole different mindset. So wait a minute. You went. You said that you studied in 2005. In 2005, yeah. And on on January 7th, 2005, I met David Nickter, who's a senior uh, Buddhist teacher who lives up in Manhattan. So okay. all the way down to the day, just like my wife, I know when I met David, and uh, and I I'm and I still he's I still have a very strong relationship with David, mm. and um, uh, he's seventy two years old, and wow. uh, yeah, he and he's a famous you know world famous music uh, producer and composer, uh, Midnight at the Oasis. Uh, anybody can look him up online, davidnickturn.com. He does meditation teacher trainings. Um, and he's been studying in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition since, I believe, 1971, which is the year wow. before I was born. And so he's a very authentic teacher in this meditation space, in this mindfulness space that's now blowing up. It's crazy, you know, with neuroscience and mindfulness and yeah, all this crazy. stuff. It's all, yeah, so he's, a, he's, he's an old timer that's got a lot of street cred when it comes to uh, understanding the basic essence of where this whole mindfulness thing came from, which is really the East, and you know more from the Eastern religions, because uh, I was never taught to meditate as a Catholic boy. I was never taught anything about meditation. <laughs> well, prayer could you say prayer was a type of meditation? Well, in, in a lot of ways, you know, meditation is listening, prayer is speaking, and um, so I, 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 that's the way I look. That's the way I think a lot of people look at it. Is prayer is talking, meditation is learning to listen, and so I was okay. never taught to. I was never really taught to meditate. Um, yeah. 
And then it was only after practicing yoga for five years that when I met David, I started to realize really the deeper essence of actually practicing yoga, what that actually meant to, to, to practice yoga. Well, you say here, learn to meditate in all aspects of your life. So let's dive deeper into that. Yeah, so the word meditation literally um, translates as to become familiar with. And so when, like right now, Sandy, you're meditating because you're listening to me and you're becoming more familiar with the words that are coming out of my mouth. And then when you, when you, when you get done, you're going to move on to another task and you're going to be meditating as you're moving on to the next task. And then eventually you're going to get in your car and you're going to make sure that you drive and you're meditating, you're paying attention. Right now, in the art of meditation, really, what you're working on doing is becoming aware of the dialogue, or we could say the narrative, which has been a popular thing over the last year in the news. Right? What is the narrative of Sandy Weston? You know, what is the narrative? What's going on within your thought process? And is there any space, spaciousness, within your, within who you are, that you're able to actually witness the way that you're thinking. So this idea, it's kind of like, I think it was Socrates that said, like the unexamined life is not worth living. So what I really learned through studying and practicing meditation is that the mind of meditation is very, very similar to the same mindset that I might have when I'm playing ice hockey. Or the same mm. mindset that I might have when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm working privately with somebody, or I'm teaching a class. I'm working on being present. I'm not, and I'm and I'm and I'm noticing when I might get caught up in my narrative, and I'm actually learning to let that go, so I can just focus on the task at hand. So as one starts to understand meditation more, as they start to understand the mechanics of meditation, then ultimately you're. Everything that you do throughout your day can turn into a meditation. And, 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 and this is not really my philosophy. It's really, yeah. you know, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a very kind of Eastern Buddhist kind of approach. And in a lot of ways, you know, for the Christian listeners out there, the people, you know, it's like St. Francis of Assisi, Teresa Alvia, John the Cross. Right? These were yeah. all Christian mystics who also believed that God was present in all things in all moments, in all people, in all nature. So it's kind of like, you know, being able to embody that essence of, of really what these Christian mystics and these Buddhist teachings are really pointing at is that the yeah. sacred, the sacred is there and is there always. And so can we recognize it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This is, Timing is everything. I don't even want to get up and get it, but I call it my little green book that somebody sent me, and it was written by a monk, and he refers to almost every religion in there, and I love the way yeah. he ties that together, and he'll have a verse from the Bible, then he'll go back and, you know, he'll say, you know, it's no difference between whether I'm talking, you know, to the Dalai Lama or, you know, the priest. He said it's it just, we are coming from love, peace, and joy. You know, that's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is like a whole nother topic in and of itself. Yeah. So I'm not going to get down that rabbit hole with you. I mean, I'll do it offline, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's re religion, I can religion, tell, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. That, religion yeah, spirituality, that. all this stuff. It's, it's, 
it's I, I I came into this world I came into this world like interested in all of it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I love and I love learning about it, and I I love Absolutely. the attitude about even like how you're saying about meditation and that you're bringing it to you know it's in all aspects of your life for those because a lot of people get turned off. A lot of my listeners, you know. By the way, I sent in questions, and I don't even know if we're going to get to all the questions they sent in, but one of the biggest ones is, do I have to sit silently with my legs crossed for 40 minutes to meditate? And I know the answer is no, you're going to say it, but they said to ask you that. Yeah, no, no. No, I, I feel like, I feel like uh, learning, when, you, when one can learn the basic mechanics of meditation, then it can be done when they go for a walk. Uh, it can be, it can, I mean, it, I can start going through all these different daily activities, Sandy, mm. but really, yeah. medit- as my teacher would say, meditation is like a mixer, right? You can put it with anything, Yeah. right? You yeah. can put it with any anything. And so the essence is, I always feel like I'm always helping people try to find their meditation. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you find your meditation. And, and the yeah. basic essence is just kind of really starting to... You know, understand, like, is the narrative that you're paying attention to helping you or is it hurting you? Yeah. And if the narrative... Yeah. Ooh, if I the like nar- that. I like that. If the narrative of your mind is hurting you, right, then let's see if we can kind of try to figure out how can we create a little bit of space? Because, Sandy, what really woke me up to meditation was on January 7th, 2005, when I sat there in a room of 60 people and my meditation teacher was sitting up front and he gave us the basic meditation instructions. We meditated for like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And then we rang the bell. And I had this very palpable experience that night where I raised my hand and I said, David, if I can see my mind, then who am I? And he, he looked at me and after he laughed, like a, like a big deep belly laugh, yeah. he looked at me and he said, that's the $64,000 question. <laughs> because Sandy, and, 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 and your listeners, any, any human being, this is literally what hooked me like a fish on that night. Yeah. Because yeah. I said to myself, I'm like, wait a second. Who am I? If I can watch the narrative, then who am I? Because if there's subject and object, I can't be both. Right? I am the person behind the thinking. Yeah. Who am I? And it's like it's like St. Francis of Assisi would say. It's like what you're looking for is what's looking. Oh, Johnny, I love it. And you know what? Years ago, somebody who will keep them anonymous taught meditation was trying to tell me, I said, oh, God, I really feel I do my best meditation when I'm out on my bike and then I sit under a tree or when I'm guarding, I do both. I bike a lot. I go, that's what I feel like. I'm so connected. And he's like, yeah, that's not it. You have to be silent and not moving. And I kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure? It didn't make sense to me. And that was years ago. And then since then, I found other people that, you know, were like, yeah, that's not the way it should be, Sandy. And I'm so glad you teach it. And very, and very advanced forms of meditation are done uh, in a minute. Yeah. They're the most, the most advanced forms of meditation are like a minute or five minutes. It's just that I'm, I'm thinking of all the topics. Like you said, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. That's because it's two like-minded people that are very excited. And I'm so excited Mm -hmm. to share your story and what you do, but I really want to get this last one in because 
I really never heard it put this way in a long time. View food as medicine and the supermarket as your pharmacy. Go for it, Johnny. Tell us why. Well, and any anything anything I say that's truthful is plagiarism, right? So anything I said on this interview, or it's like, and I didn't say that. I read it somewhere. I don't remember who said it, but it's that's like, everybody. Oh, that's everybody. Well, that's everybody. Right, right. So when, when we, I know. So it's like, let's all stop taking ourselves so serious, right? Because yeah. everything we're saying has already been said, and I don't remember yeah, who actually said voice. it. Yeah, but it's your voice. It's your voice. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's like because what we, what we, what obviously, and I would hope that this would not be a newsflash to anybody, but you know, it's like throughout my career, and I'm sure you know you can echo this, Sandy. It's like you know what we put into our mouth is going to determine how our body operates for the next two or three hours. You know, like I had a cheesesteak on Sunday for the football game, and my son and I, my 14-year-old, I'm like, I passed out on the couch. He was like, at, 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 at dinner time, he's like, Dad, I'm not hungry. Like, I kind of feel like shit. I'm like, well, that's because we ate a cheesesteak. And, and it's like, because that's what my body was kind of. So if I ate like that every day, then yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, I'm going to be a mess. And it's like, yeah. and then, so, you know, it's. I just think that if people would view food as medicine, and I'm married, and my wife is like could make a living as a chef, so I eat really? like amazing. Uh, yes, I eat uh, amazing, amazing food that's uh, healthy and tasty, and it's incredible. And I eat, you know, and I eat really, really good, like eighty percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, uh, and and, and it's like. But then when we look at, but when we look at the supermarket. Then it's like the supermarket's like our pharmacy then. So it's like the food that we buy is either going to be medicine for our soul. Forget about like, and I, and I think that's the other thing, Sandy, that people don't get. It's like, if you don't feel mentally good, then it's got a lot to do with what you're eating. And if you look in the mirror and you don't like the way you look, it's got a lot to do with what you're eating. And it's like everything's got a lot to do with what we're eating. And and it's 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 it's... it's and I feel like I'm talking, I feel like I'm talking to the choir. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you know this, you've watched this. But you're not talking to me. You know what? You're talking to the audience and I don't talk about this. Do you know what I mean? I let my guests talk about it. So I'm so glad. And you're also saying it in a different way than I would. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's totally okay. different. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's like oftentimes with people will say, you know, I really want to lose weight. And I just say, well, just eliminate sugar for seven days and tell me how you feel. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they're like, well, I can't have carbs. I'm like, no, just eat eat vegetables, right? Maybe you know, maybe have a piece of fruit in the morning or something like that. But even keep the sugar. But just 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 do seven days for me, just seven days, and just tell me how you feel in seven days. And people that actually can do that, they come back and they go, I lost five pounds. I slept better. You know, I feel my yeah. like I feel more optimistic. I'm like, well, there you go. Yeah, and you know what, Johnny? I want to just say this right now. I, I and I'm sure you know this. I could say, well, it's different. The same thing to some of my friends or maybe my kids, and there it goes in one ear and out the other. But you yeah. come on, and you and this is you'll have more impact, and that's what this mm. is all about: reaching people with your voice and the way you're saying it, because it's so important to me. It's so important to me. And I love, I love your presentation. I don't care where it came from. I love the spin of it. 
It's exciting me, which is great. Cool. <laughs> and by the way, just so you know, people always say to me, what skincare products do you look? You look so great for your age. And I'm like, mm, I wash my face. <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> I really, unfortunately, I don't, but it's what I eat. It's, you know, right. the exercise. Yeah, people, the yeah, pe water. people don't get that. Yeah, they don't, yeah. they don't get that. It's like, they're, it's like they're trying to put something on their skin when yeah. what's going on underneath their skin is like, you know, 98% more what's actually affecting the skin itself. Johnny, I hate to say this. We're going to have to wrap it up. I have to go to rapid there you fire. Go. And this All has right. been amazing. I have to bring you back on. I have to do something else with you. I don't know what it is yet, but I just feel mm -hmm. it in every ounce of my being. Somewhere we're going to be mm. connected again. But you ready for rapid fire? Sure. <laughs> sure. You're like, what is that? I don't Johnny. know, but go for it. All right, here we go. Johnny, what's your favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, my God. That's so tough with my wife. What would I say there? Uh... What would she make you on your birthday? What would she make me on my birthday? A big fat steak and, um, and broccoli that is, uh, that is baked and a baked potato with definitely some grass-fed butter. That would be my birthday dinner. Coming to your house for my birthday. Okay, yeah. <laughs> next thing. Mm -hmm. On your day off from work, what would one of your favorite days look like from morning to night? From morning to night, I would wake up in the morning, I would play ice hockey uh, at 6 a.m., and then I would get done ice hockey, and I would come home, and I would take my two big bouviers uh, for a walk in, in a preserve, and then I would come home, and I would read uh, a book, and preferably outside in the sun if I could. I would have lunch, I would make myself lunch, and then I would take a nap, and after the nap, I would, um, I don't know, might maybe watch a movie. Maybe I would watch a movie or something like that. Then my kids would get home, and I would kind of hang out with them a little bit. And then my wife would get home, and uh, we would have a really good dinner. And then we would get done, and maybe we would watch a show, but I'm working on not watching TV right now, and I'm doing really good with it. Um, but maybe we would watch a show. And then, uh, and then, hey, just being keeping it real, then I'd make love to her and I'd go to sleep. Aw, I love that day. I love yeah. that day, Johnny. Okay, yeah. moving on. What is one of your favorite books you're reading right now that you could recommend? Oh, you know what? The book that I just got done listening to, and I'm on a second time around, is Waking Up uh, by Sam Harris. And I cannot okay. recommend that book enough to any human being. Ooh. And I've never read that or listened to it. Yeah, Sam Harris is very, very good. He's very pithy. I could talk a whole interview about him. All right, if you could be an animal, what would it be and why? I would be an eagle because I'd love to be able to fly and I would love to be able to, you know, to see the earth from a higher perspective than where I sit. I like that. Okay, when I say the word universe, what does it mean to you? Uh, interdependence, right? That we're all really connected. But in that same spirit, I'm not going to give you my bank account number or my car keys. Uh, <laughs> but I do. But I. But I. But I do. Darn. I do. I do. But I do believe that we're all interconnected, and uh, and I, I, I think that we need to be talking about how much more. Uh, we're connected than putting walls up to try to separate ourselves. 
Got it. Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Let's Keep It Real. I have loved every single second. It really has been a pleasure. I'm sad to see it end. But before we go, tell the listeners how they can find you and reach you. Yeah, they can They can go on. If they go on the internet, they go to Balanced Athlete. It's going to take them to our, it's called Empowered, EmpoweredWellnessStudio.com. Uh, and, uh, so they can go there I'm on Facebook, Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, Gillespie three. Uh, I'm on Instagram and, and uh, but I don't, I'm, I'm working on doing that under balanced athlete. Um, and, uh, we're, I'm only in Wellington, so it's, it's not really, you know, from Philadelphia, it's not really that far. If people are local, if anybody's in pain or they want to come down and check out a class, we have stuff online or if somebody oh, wants cool. to, you know. Direct message me on Facebook. I I, I do answer those things. Uh, and uh, no, and Sandy, I just want to say to you, thank you for everything that you've done in the Philadelphia uh-huh. area and all the people that you've helped. Uh, you're an icon. Uh, you are a legend, and everybody in you know this industry that is actually in the industry for the long run knows who you are. And uh, and and I just want to do a deep bow as we would do in the, in the meditation tradition to you and to everything, all the good that you've brought into this world and all the people that you've helped. And um, I don't think you'll ever know the amount of good that you've brought into this world Aww. through your life's work. So thank you. Johnny, going to make me cry, Johnny. There you go. <laughs> but thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right, my let's keep it real people. I know you're going to tell me Johnny kept it real. So you're going to want to share it, like it, rate it, support us. And you know what I'm going to say until next time. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.